0: Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to the Irish Tech Podcast. Today I'm at uh, Dublin tech, uh, tech Talks, and we're going to be talking about product. So, let me. So who am I? Let me introduce yourself, please.
1: I'm Caroline Hines.
0: Caroline, tell us a bit about what you, your background.
1: Sure. So I am a product director at Zendesk, and my career has always been in tech. Um, I've worked on the PMO side of the house, and yep. I've worked in product management uh, also. So my whole career has been focused on uh, getting product into the hands of users, whether they're um, companies or end users, like consumers.
0: So I guess you, so you're you a product evangelist.
1: Yeah, I'm a product, I'm a product evangelist. I'm a uh, user evangelist, I'm yeah. a people evangelist so yeah.
0: Because the moment product is the kind of thing no one talks about, it's all the product and engineering, and uh, engineering important product, you know what I mean? Um,
1: yeah, I think it depends on the organisation as well, I think it depends on the philosophy that they they take when they approach to what they're building for yeah. their users Um, so I think um, I've had different experiences where product is king or engineering is king it very much depends on the leadership background and where they're um, coming from. Yeah. Um, I think that that helps orientate um, the which takes the lead in an organisation. Um, I've also been in organisations where it's balanced and a partnership and um, it's understood that product, engineering, sales, support, they all play a role in the yeah. success of the organisation and you can't be successful just a good product. You have to have all the other support systems around that um, to make it happen.
0: Yeah, i think of something like Apple, who's always been based on product but behind that is the engineering. Now, that makes you an engineering, and it makes your engineering product go all together
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, and their sales and marketing because you could have the best product, but if they didn't have those really slick uh, marketing campaigns, yeah. you wouldn't know about them.
0: And I guess, for, oh, for example, like with Steve Jobs gone now, he was the guy that basically knew what product was and when he When he had it in his hand, he could tell you within two seconds what what is missing. Yeah. And tell the engineering guys, as a product guy, just know what you need, and they'd go and do it. Whereas nowadays, that kind of is kind of lost art in a way
1: but well, I think someone like Apple as an organisation and some of the other really successful companies that people want to use their products they are thinking about the product but they're also thinking about who it's going to, who's going to use it yeah, and how they're going to use it today but how might they need to use it in 12 months 3 years from now and they're already thinking about how it could evolve
0: yeah and also I guess ease of use you don't, know, you don't get a product
1: then realize how do you set it up how do you use it yeah so um Product design is um, crucial to the conversation. So, you know, we often talk about our trifecta of product product design and uh, product engineering. So the way I think about engineering teams is product engineering teams. Like, we want them the engineers to have a say in what we're building, not just how we're building it. Yeah. Um, so definitely have a, an equal seat at the table. The product tends to be the voice around prioritisation and trade-offs and um, explaining why to the organisation. And um, tonight I'm actually going to just be giving a really brief talk. on the other person I think should be at the table more, and that's the product marketing um,
0: partner as well. Yeah, and just a bit more about your talk do you think
1: product marketing should be able to do or should be doing? Yeah, so I think um, I guess I've experienced two sides of it. I think I've experienced it where product marketing is kind of on the outside yeah. and they're they're seen as part of the organisation that help launch and they get involved when you're kind of ready to launch or tell something externally and there can be a bit of a fractious relationship between product and product marketing um, and I think that's primarily around lack of clarity around roles and responsibility yeah. and who owns what or how to collaborate together and they're not necessarily set up for success and then there's organisations like actually Sendesk where product marketing is actively involved in everything from the beginning they're not brought in at the end or at the middle but they're at the table from the very start and so they are an active partner in everything Um, and they talk to engineering as much as they talk to to products
0: yeah i've met teams where basically product marketing is in at the last minute and they don't know what's going on and suddenly you're told to help with something that they have no idea what's happening how it works
1: yeah so I think one of the things I've identified or think about when we think about that that relationship is there's lack of clarity around roles and responsibilities as I said but there's a lack of clarity around what problem is going to be solved and why we're positioning it in a specific way yeah. I think that being brought in at the tail end and not having a voice is um, causes some of that friction
0: and also I guess you don't know who's going to be the person that's going to fix the problems to be the voice overall because you've got a scenario where you've got all of his voices in the room, Timmy Cook's for the Which voices are we going to
1: listen to? Yeah, so I think that's a good problem to have in a yeah. lot of ways is that, like, you know, uh, strong opinions, Lucy held, is an important thing, and, and, you know, diversity of thought makes for a better product in general. Yeah. Um, I think, in my experience, it tends to be product who galvanizes the thoughts and kind of articulates everybody's views back and yeah. says what we are or aren't going to do. But that's in building consensus, but, like, you don't necessarily wait until everybody's in agreement, you kind yeah. of feed it back. Um, but I think the important part is that people have an opportunity to speak at the right time and they feel that they've been listened to even if their ideas has been taken on board yeah. um, and I think that's where we start to see more value um, and people being more engaged with the product that
0: they're working on as well. Yeah I guess if everyone has, has got a chance to express their opinions, I not know at least, but that they listen to it.
1: Absolutely. They can
0: say well the group you listen to your opinions and yeah. we can't go with everything if we did that it's a part day Oh, it would look so different.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, um, and I think you know we can only do so many things at once yeah. as well. So prioritisation is a big, uh, big factor there.
0: And you gotta say, look, we've heard your point, and maybe next time your views might be more important. The next project we're doing, but this time if we have to do a certain way, and help you understand. But we want your we want your point of view because you're the ones who's going to be uh, uh, going to help us.
1: Yeah, and oftentimes the product marketing uh, partner is. Um, involved in sales pitches and yep. with prospects and so they're hearing information that the product team mightn't be hearing through the voice of the customer and the conversations with the customer so there's great insights to be brought uh, through that channel too.
0: Yeah, I guess as those insights more less help you redefine your role and make you do a better job as well.
1: Yeah, so the, I'd like to think about it like in terms of roles and responsibilities being clear but with a little bit of grey and that gray allows for growth and change. So it's not necessary, everybody kind of knows what they need to do to contribute and where they collaborate, but there's room for that to uh, change over time as we learn more and as the product changes, and then also that people can step into roles as necessary. So I'll give an example. So uh, when we have one of our own internal success support people Mm -hmm. uh, asking a question on behalf of a Zendesk customer, Uh, so they're asking about my product, our product marketing partner could answer that question or the product manager can answer that question. Yeah. It's not just left to product because we the product marketing uh, partner understands yeah. the product as well as the product manager person. Now, obviously, they don't know the answer, they won't answer. Yeah. But I've seen it in organizations where it's kind of like, oh, product have to answer that because it's a product question. Yeah. Um, but we're so in tandem and aligned yeah. that we can have that.
0: I guess it's got to be adaptable and be able to take over. And it's if it's, you get a scenario where that person isn't there at that time you don't be able to step in
1: absolutely yeah so you're building in redundancy yeah. into it you're not your Removing to some extent single points of failures around information as well, so yeah, absolutely Because I've seen time when
0: you ask me a question that goes, well, have to get back to it because that person isn't here at the moment Yeah I'm thinking, well, if you're here promoting that product, you should know that as much as they do And exactly. if you don't, why are you here?
1: Yeah, absolutely And I mean, there will be times when it's a potentially a technical detail or something they don't know And that's fine But for the, for the most part, um, our product, our engineers, our product managers can answer the questions on our yeah, product Yeah, Pat, before
0: we asked any question they said, oh we're not sure we'll get back to you and it was a fairly common question that I asked as this person and they didn't know the answer and uh, I thought hold on I'll ask you a question that it's the most common question you're going to be asking and you don't know and we'll get back to you and never did of course and will get back to me and it was, this was a big huge company
1: I think um, it's interesting because our, our product marketing team um are responsible for our sales enablement. Yeah. So to be responsible for sales enablement you need to understand the product more than just kind of the taglines or yeah. the positioning statements that we're putting out you have to understand how it actually works uh, to be able to do deep sales enablement. Yeah. So. Well in this
0: case they, they kind of the new they've given a rough spiel to follow and it was basically you're going to follow the script. I mean, you can't even off the scripts, and I actually question it was on the script. They shouldn't have right. been there, yeah. and they didn't know how to handle it because they weren't expecting that.
1: Yeah, that can be difficult.
0: Yeah, and I, I felt, although well, as a multinational company, as worldwide, launching one biggest biggest products in their company history, they should have covered all the bases, but they have not And I think you know you have to. that happens once, that's fine, but you have to learn from that.
1: Absolutely. Hopefully, they have.
0: <laughs> I'm not sure because I don't use the product anymore. <laughs> but I, I don't use that product now? <laughs> have they launch, but I use other products up there as. And I hope they've, they've actually learned a lesson, but I'm not sure, but it's been about six, seven years since this product launched, six, six years. I hope they've, they've learned a And at times I've seen products when they know everything about it. And You can ask a person and they know more than they should know, which impresses me, to agree. degree. Absolutely. And I guess with with you, you're trying to make sure that you come across as as, as, as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think one of the things that we want to foster is not wrapping your arms around and being protective around information, that yeah. your product or your process or whatever it is will be better um, if that information is shared and that information is improved on because of other people's experiences and knowledge. So, yeah, I think transparency is very important. Yeah. And... Um, you know we talk about collaboration but to me it's a little bit beyond collaboration it's it's partnership yeah. and there's a small difference between those two th- two things Um. but that's kind of how I think about well, it I think you've been there's
0: so a long collaboration it's partners now it? yeah exactly because yeah. you're working in the same you're basically working in the same company so collaboration is when you're working with it's the partner but once you're internal I always think that's a partnership yeah. and if you go to collaboration I go well how can it be because every day you're seeing that person in your office more day in the hell that's not collaboration that's partnership right Black like American in a in certain way, marriage of convenience in certain yeah,
1: ways. Yes, yeah, actually. Because you get times you
0: you're you're four to work together They're thinking, I can't work with them, they can't work with me and then you think that's not a marriage of convenience, but it's sort of partnership of some sort. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you, you've you had that at times in the past.
1: Well yeah, and I think you know, differences is healthy. I'd rather um I'd rather have a robust conversation than a polite conversation that didn't resolve an issue or didn't get something out into the open. So. Yeah.
0: So I guess basically, yeah, uh, you've been doing this quite a while, and, and you kind of love what you do.
1: Love what I do. Um, I love talking to our customers who use all the various products. Yeah. Um, it's you know it's so much fun bringing something from ideation into real life, um, and learning from it. Yeah. Um, learning both from the product and from myself. So yeah, it's fantastic. And what would you
0: change? Would you change anything about your job? It's too good. That you couldn't change it.
1: Um, more hours in the day, I suppose, um, more time talking to customers, and yeah. I always want more time talking to customers. Because I guess
0: with customers, it's, it's, every day is different. Because if, you, if you're if you dealing the same job each day, if you, you're doing something new, but with customers, you always get learn something new from them.
1: Absolutely, and it's just a, a, you know, people, we try and understand as best as possible how people are going to use your product. and. What problems they're trying to solve for, and we think we understand it, but we'll always get a different insight when we start to use it. Or they, or that customer thinks they're going to use it in one way, and then end up using it that way plus another way. And yeah. so, learning that is very yeah, important. there's always
0: there's always another one one way and another way of using your product. Absolutely. And you're always when you build it, you presume it's, it's going to be used this way, and then suddenly you realise no, it's it's been used that way as well. So you have to be able to adapt to that. and
1: yeah, I think it's you know it helps remove your bias around your own products, yeah. which is uh,
0: important. You can also see in certain products, like for example, if you, if you're buying a car, like I say, like if you buy SUVs in London, I say they never go off road, and the only only built to yeah. drive around London and not and anything else. But it, if you're somebody that's in the country, that's what they're used for. So it depends on the scenario. And again, yeah. And you're honest. You say, why would you go muddy just lovely car in <laughs> the of the green Rover? But it was built to be in the country and done, done all this stuff and suddenly then people are realising no, it's built for someone to ferry the kids to from school and shopping and how much else.
1: Context is important.
0: Yeah. And you got to I suppose yeah you got to whenever you develop a product or, or going through you got to imagine how can it be used in different contexts and don't just imagine what you're told think out of the box. Absolutely. Yeah. And absolutely. I guess basically you've got fun doing it as well.
1: Yeah. It's always fun challenging your own thoughts and rest yeah. of the team and um, getting a person who doesn't have any of the, the mental models or baggage that you have that you bring to your yeah. own thoughts and, and hear from them as well.
0: Yeah, because I, I can imagine basically when you're sitting there, you're all trying to think of the new Atlantis what it could be used, you know, if the box where Years ago, you know, we... We, we A, B, C, now it's A, B, C, D, E, F, G, and so forth.
1: Yeah, and I think one of the things that we think about as well is apart from like you know building these new features or building these new products, is how can you incrementally improve on the features that are already there yeah. um, as well? So, like, not to forget the the children you already have while you're trying to build your new children. Yeah.
0: Um, and I'm so guessing, like, for example, 20 years ago when you bought a product, you went back to your, physically you physically bought CDs or discs, and nowadays it's just downloaded from the cloud, and updates yeah, exactly. can be done like that.
1: Yeah, and I think, you know, it's, there's that and there's also thinking about your product in um, a system and not just the system within your own organization, but the system externally and all the other sy- uh, programs and products that they're going to be using and how does your product fit alongside that, yeah. either complementary or not to it. And then understanding that, I think, is incredibly important.
0: And also understanding your competitor and what they're doing and what they do good what to do bad. And what yeah. to do bad, you want to improve on. And what to do good, you want to... Do better,
1: yeah, assuming that's what's valuable to th-
0: yeah. the user. I know, but uh, I suppose, yeah, it is. But I suppose the time is going to help you decide what how you how you go with things, yeah,
1: absolutely. If you're starting to see trends in the market, um, yeah. it's a good indicator.
0: And I guess with uh, those trends, you think, okay, you might think, well, where will you where can this trend to go in five years' time and try and time predict the future,
1: yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, that's always fun. That blue cloud, blue sky thinking is always uh, a fun exercise. Um, and then anchoring it in some data that we can kind of say, okay, if we start chipping away at this with small bets, to yeah. uh, stay a little bit safe is... Uh, and is I'm good.
0: thinking, where would it be in 15 years' time? Right now, we're, I'm, I'm here with you on a laptop. 15 years' time, will, will that exist anymore? Will it be a smaller tablet? We don't know what's about, what's yeah. how it's going to be used.
1: Ronan, if you can answer that, we'll be, you'll be a wealthy man. <laughs> well, I'm getting there slowly <laughs> to answer that
0: question. That's uh, something I'm not sure, because I'll, over the years I've seen Technological computers come right now. Like I remember when I was about 9 or 10, I took a computer at 8K memory and a Commodore 20, and we bought it in Pete's and Parnall Street. Oh. And I remember when I got that, and, it, and we thought it was a bee's knees. And then six years later, I bought a notorious T1 1Meg memory and bought that in on Apollo 1 and Mercer <laughs> because it was cheaper to buy it there than the Pete's. And the first computer with 1Meg memory. And 1Meg then was fantastic. Yeah. Looking, looking right back now, 1Meg is nothing. Yeah, and then I'm thinking, what well, I'm writing here, I've got a, a laptop with 8, with eight gig of, of RAM. Right. I'm thinking, how long before the 8 gig of RAM it suddenly becomes too common for you are an 8 gig of RAM? Because first it was 8K, then one meg, and at that point the 8K was about as much as they used and land, man, and the moon, and then you've got this, the computer was, was well, that type of manual was so big, Now they we're getting smaller and smaller and smaller, soon it's going to be basically, a oh, watch going to do everything for you.
1: Yeah, we're going to... Uh Night rider is going to come to life. We're going to be talking to our cars, and that actually,
0: uh, that actually, at the moment is possible. In a way, there are certain cars that actually, you can use your devices to, to tell them what to do. Now, not fully autonomous, because obviously, at the moment, that was in, in Ireland. You're imagining driving somewhere like Kerry or <laughs> when you go with an autonomous car. No. Nope. No, that wouldn't <laughs> happen. But somewhere like California, where there have got all these long highways, you can I'm just thinking that you're going to have all these th- all these things that come to life, and maybe in thirty years' time. There'll be no more cars, you won't, you won't have a car, you'll actually hire a, hire a device and it'll take you from A right. to B. We're
1: already starting to see a, a little bit of that, I suppose. Well, most mm. the moment,
0: Uber doing a lot, of they're buying these top range SUVs and they're using them, so you actually hire them to go from A to B. And the, I think in 30 years' time, unless you're a multi millionaire, you won't have any more cars in your house, you'll be just hiring as it is, and most cars will be autonomous. Right. Unless you're someone who uses a car
1: connection
0: <laughs> and you've got these. Like somebody's got a nineteen ninety two the start that summer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Live, reliving their youth. Exactly. Supercars. <laughs> so you're gonna have that. You're gonna have basically that. That's gonna be basically whatever it is. or whatever the one actor is developing car. And then that Volvo got a big deal with Uber. They're selling Uber a lot of SUVs for taxis. Oh, okay. So they're gonna win you. That. They're gonna become more autonomous, and as technology improves, and laws improve. Because the moment the law doesn't appreciate technology, you yeah. gotta change it and make sure that it, it can it can adapt. Yeah. And you can't have a word that is ambiguous. Gotta make sure whatever technology we have, product we develop, the wordish uh, fits into that so that if you have any legal cases, you can handle it. Absolutely. Yeah, so I can imagine when your job is gonna change, you're gonna have that over years. But it's suddenly realize what you were using five years ago is not gonna be It's gonna be different You're gonna have a three hologram where you throw it like you might see it in TV series or a Star Trek and you able in to change things here and there, and then get opinions of it and do it live at a, at a conference. This is our product. I want to know you what do you think, and then you, that could be a new way of of getting focus. Absolutely. Feedback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else from the podcast? Uh,
1: no, it's was a pleasure speaking with you.
0: Yeah, that's fine. And uh, thanks so much for that. And uh, take it easy